Amen. Aren't they just wonderful? That's our, um, that's our 180 group that have uh, played our instruments, and they are going to be leading us in prayer. Moment. That was wonderful, you guys. Anthony, thank you so much. That was absolutely great. Well, how are you today? In a moment, they're going to be reading to us out of Romans, the 10th chapter, verses 11 through 15. And so if you would turn your Bibles there, I want to kind of, kind of lead in to what they're going to be reading about so that the words that they will be saying to you out of this place in Scripture will be a little bit more uh, meaningful to all of us. In the last few weeks, we have seen Paul teach against people discounting our Savior. As a matter of fact, it said in the ninth chapter, the 32nd verse, I believe, that people were stumbling over him, he who is the stumbling stone. They had missed him. <clears throat> and Paul was making the emphasis is that we're trying to build their faith upon their works instead of upon just the trust in what Jesus Christ has said to them and who he is. Well, Paul now is shifting gears. He is moving them from faith into growth. He is teaching that they not only stumbled over and discounted or disregarded their purpose for living, and that was to bless people with the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's why we come to church, to grow in our faith so as to take it outside of these four walls to the people we come in contact with. And so continuing to discuss the gospel through faith, Paul now digs deeper into the wonderful issue of salvation and places an emphasis, as you're going to see through their reading, on evangelism. He lays a foundation that salvation is the same for all people, Jew as well as Gentile, and that all of us have been called to go and to tell everyone that we come in contact with of the wonders of Jesus Christ. Now, are you going to start off? Please do. It says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. This is perhaps... Um, as an important a message as could be to the church that is growing in their faith. And that's the very issue of, of what I want for our lives, your life and my life. I want us to become people who not just come to church and, 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 and experience the, the wonders of, of the fellowship that we have with one another, but I want us to experience the very fullness of our, our love for Christ so that we might understand what Paul has asked us to do, to go out into this world in which we live and to reach the people that we come in contact with, with the wonders of Christ. And so, I want to pray with you. Father, please, would you, as we pray all the time, open up our eyes so that we might behold wonderful things, Father, from your law. Would you, Father, uh, allow the words that was read by these young people to, to enter into our very 
our very most being. And Father, that you would explain clearly through the teachings of Paul what you want from each one of us, how important it is for us to understand the, the wonders and the beauty of what you have given to us. I pray that you'd move me aside, Father, that I would not interfere or, or have anything to do that might take away from anything that you might want to say to us in this place in Scripture. I pray that you would bless us, Father God, that we would hear from your heart to our hearts, and that, and that Father, in so doing, we would sense a very presence of you within our lives, what you are asking of us, what you want from us as believers in Jesus Christ. And so bless us, please, dear Lord. Bless this, your word. Bless this, our time together, I pray in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Let me tell you the problem. In this place in Scripture, as you might well know, Paul is speaking in chapters 9, 10, and 11 to the Jewish people. He is in Rome, and he is speaking to those that are the Jews there, trying to, to teach them that the Messiah that they have heard about, had heard about from the very beginning in Scriptures in the Old Testament, had come to life, lived died, rose again so as to give them everlasting life and wanted to take them away from their old thinking of traditions of their religion into the faith of coming to trust in Christ. But the problem that Paul had was that most Jews strongly rejected the gospel of God's grace. They don't believe or they didn't believe that it was fully extended to all people, especially the Gentiles. I mean, if you know anything at all, that the Jews called the Gentiles dogs. I mean, that's, that's kind of hard to reach out to people you've already called a dog, you know. And so they were, they were kind of putting them down, and, and therefore the Jews had become willfully ignorant, willfully ignorant of the full blessings of God's provision for salvation to everyone upon the earth. The Jews were, after all, which is very true, God's chosen people, still are. But they started to believe that they were also His only saved people. And they clustered themselves into a, a grouping that didn't allow anyone else in. They kept it to themselves. There are some churches that do that. There are some people that do that. Um, I like our church the way it is. I like the size of our church. I like the way it is. I don't want, we don't need more people. When in fact, the purpose of us as a body of believers is to help grow ourselves in the Lord so that others might come to trust in Christ. So that they might come to believe and, and hopefully want to come to a church that teaches the Word of God so that they might learn about the Word of God. Now every Jew knew this. If you study the Bible at all, they knew that there were Gentiles that came into the fold. For instance, there was Ruth, who was a Moabite. Ruth was the great-grandmother of David. Therefore, she was in the direct line of the Messiah, the coming Messiah. But the Jews insisted that the few Gentiles that converted to Judaism were an exception, not the rule. And so consequently... Just as they had rejected the very words of Jesus Christ and the teachings of Jesus Christ, they are now also rejecting the words and the teachings of Paul. Paul was a former Pharisee. He persecuted the church of Christ. And now, 
Paul not only claimed that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was the Christ, the Son of the living God, but Paul is saying to anyone that would hear him that he had been appointed by God. Paul had appoint, God had appointed Paul in Acts chapter 9 and verse 15 to be a chosen instrument of his, to bear his name before all the Gentiles. And that didn't set well with the Jewish people. But Paul had been declaring that God extended his salvation to Gentiles all along. Nothing of this is new. None of this was new to them. Paul had already cited in the ninth chapter of Romans, the 33rd verse, he quoted out of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 28 verse 16. Scripture said, Paul taught, through Isaiah that whoever believes in the Lord will not be disappointed. Whoever, not just Jew, but Jew and Gentile alike, whoever would believe in the Lord would not be disappointed. And God had always called the Gentiles. When, when God called Abram, way back in Genesis chapter 12, and he said, Abram, I want to want you to leave your father's home and I am going to make you a great nation. I will show you a land in which I want you to inhabit. And in Genesis chapter 12, listen to what God says to Abram. This was, he called him Abram then before he changed his name to Abraham. He said, the Lord said to Abram, Abraham, Abram, go forth from your country. This is in Genesis chapter 12 verse 1. I'm going to read verses 1, 2, and 3. Go forth from your country and from your relatives and go forth from your father's house and go forth into the land which I will show you. And then he says, and then I will make you a great nation. And it is right here that God allows us to all know that the birth of the Jews, the birth of the nation of Israel was about to take place through Abram and all that followed after him. I will make you, he says, a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, so that you shall be a blessing. Stop for a moment. Think with me. Why would God want to bless any of us? Why would he want to bless you and me? To make us famous? Make us wealthy? Huh? He loves us with all his heart. That's a great answer. Ultimately, he wants you to do and I to do and us to do what a blessing ought to be, and that is to bless the people that we come in contact with with the knowledge of who he is. That's the reason you and I live. Paul is going to teach that so clearly that when you and I walk out of here today, I think if you don't already have it, you will understand the very purpose of why you draw breath. I remember teaching the athletes, whatever you do, whether it's baseball or whatever sport you do, whatever you do, do your work heartily as unto the Lord, knowing that it is the Lord Jesus Christ whom you and I serve. And he will bless us and we will bless him in return by allowing people that we come in contact with, 
with our families, with our friends, with our neighbors, our loved ones, and, and, and those people that we just get to meet randomly with the wonders of Jesus Christ. So he says, I will bless you, Abram, and I will make your name great, Abram, and you shall be a blessing, Abram. Listen to what he says in verse 3 of Genesis chapter 12. I will bless those who bless you, and the person and the ones who curse you I will curse. And in you, here goes, here's the issue. In you, here is the call upon the life of Abraham and every Jew that, that lived from that moment forward. In you, Abram, all the families of the earth will be blessed. What's the blessing? To know and understand who is God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That was his call in life. Abraham's purpose, Abraham's call, and all Jews really was to bless all the people that they came in contact with, with the wonderful knowledge of their God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Now, I say all of that in the hopes that you understand and realize that that is your and my call as well. We have been called to be a blessing. And we have been blessed by God. And we will be blessed by God as we go out into the world in which we live to, to share the wonderful news of Jesus Christ with everyone that we come in contact with. How? It, it varies. It varies from person to person. Some of us, pretty bold. Some of us will, will, will share Christ with anything that moves. Others of us are a little more reserved. But the Bible says that you can be a blessing to someone by just giving them a, a cold cup of water or a smile. Let me share with you a kind of a rabbit trail, just a, a bit. Kay and I went on a vacation a while back. I don't know how many years ago now it was, but it was one of the greatest times I've ever had with my wife on a, just, a, just a vacation. We, we were actually, we went to Paris and we went to Rome and Italy. And when we were in Rome, um, we went to this hotel and as we walked into the hotel, we had heard that there were some great places to buy leather goods. So I went to the counter and I asked the, the people at the desk, is there a place that you would recommend that we go and look for leather? Maybe a jacket, maybe a purse, leather. A gentleman behind us overheard me ask the, the people at the desk. He says, I know the best place in town. And he gave us the address and he says, go there and tell them that I sent you. So we said, okay. And he said, when you, when you come back, if you buy anything, let me, let me know what you bought. I'm in room such and such and such and such. I mean, this guy, out of nowhere, he's pretty bold. So we go to this place and, and, and everything was absolutely beautiful. It was a little bit pricey. And so we didn't get anything. I don't remember if we got anything at all. We didn't. We didn't get anything. And uh, I checked with her. That's, and uh, when we came back, lo and behold, here's this guy sitting in the lobby of that hotel reading a newspaper. And he uh, said, what'd you get? He said, well, nothing this trip. A little bit pricey. He, said, oh. he, says, he says, yeah, things are a little expensive. He says, hey, would you like to have dinner with me? He says, I'd like to treat you to dinner. He says, I know one of the best restaurants in town. 
said, yeah. I mean, he's going to buy. So we're going to go to a place to eat with this guy in Rome. So we meet down in the lobby. I don't know what time. Let's say it was five. Doesn't matter. We went down. And when we started walking the streets, he said, uh, what do you do? And I said, well, we're here on vacation. We, we, I pastor a church. And, and then we started sharing Jesus Christ with this guy. We were sharing Christ with him, sharing Christ with him, sharing Christ with him. In that process, we asked him, what do you do? And he said, well, look. And we looked at the wall, and posted on the wall were pictures of him. He was a maestro that was leading um, the opera and uh, the, the performance of, uh, do you remember what it was? Don Quixote. Is that what you said? Don Quixote. And he was leading that. And there's this picture, you know, like on the walls all over the place. He said, I'm quite famous. <laughs> he was. So we're sharing Christ with him, and, and we're going to, to dinner, and we're having the most... Well, we walk in, and every, this restaurant, and everything stopped. Oh, it was like they stood... This guy was important. And we had the best time. After dinner, during dinner, he said, you know, he said... Uh, my mother and my father would be quite pleased. And I said, why is that? He said, because they have been sharing with me all my life what you have been sharing with me since the moment we started walking out of that hotel about faith in Jesus Christ. And I've always rejected him. After dinner, we went over to the opera house where he was conducting his stuff and they were practicing and he took us right on the stage with all these wonderful singers and dancers, we had the time of our lives. I would love to say to you that I know for a fact that that, young, that man accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior that night. I don't know that. But I will say this to you. I don't think it was an accident that God had Kay and me share our faith with him as strongly as we did. It was important for us to share Christ. How important is it for you? I will forever remember that gentleman. He was, uh, he was unique and very interesting and really wonderful. and had a great time with him. I wish that I could say he came to Christ. I don't know. But he said to us, my mom and dad would be smiling right now, thinking of you sharing with me about your faith. And I said to him, come to Christ come to Christ and make not only your mother and your father smile but let God smile upon you we have been called to be a blessing wherever we go we have been asked by God to bless the people we come in contact with and the way you and I bless the people we come in contact with is giving them a knowledge of who is our Savior Israel was God's witness nation. In Exodus, right after this, in Exodus chapter 19, the sixth verse, God said to Israel, you shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation for me, God said. Now, I'd love to have Ryan and, uh, and, and um, Stephanie Shoemaker come up, if they would. Where are, oh, there they are. I was wondering, I was, thought you were up close here. 
I want them to read to you. Would you please turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2. And I want them to read in a moment, Ryan. Are you going to read or is is it good? I want you to read. Do you need the mic? I want you to read in 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 4 through 10. Ryan and Stephanie are the 180 leaders of the young people that played in the worship thing and he played also. They are our 180 leaders and wanted to have them just share this verse with you. But first, let me just give this introduction. I want you to look and listen to what Peter says to us, you and me as believers. Those of us who have come out of darkness into the wonderful light of our God. Ryan, please read. Wait, it's not, I don't think your mic's on. I might have turned it off. I'm sorry. Don't ask me. Is that it? <laughs> you got and it? coming to him as to a living stone which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God, you also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value, then, is for you who believe, but for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this has become the very cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word, and to this doom they were also appointed. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Ryan, Stephanie, thanks so much. Thank you. Appreciate it, brother. I love you. Thanks. Thanks so much. Did you catch that? Don't, don't turn away from from uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. I want you to look again at verse 9. He said in verse 8, they stumbled. We've already been studying about that. They stumbled because they were disobedient. Disobedient to what? Disobedient to the very word of God. But, he says in verse 9, I want to reiterate what Ryan just said. You, you're a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a people of God's own possession. Why? So that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him. And there you see it. So that you and I might proclaim, go and tell of the excellencies of Him who has called you and me out of darkness into His marvelous light. So what's the problem? What was the problem with Israel, for instance? Well, there was a deep problem. They held a disdain for the Gentiles. When a, for instance, when a traveling Jew returned from a foreign land into Israel, they would immediately shake the dust from their feet, shake the dust from their robes, lest they carry any defiled Gentile dirt into their holy land. They would not enter into a Gentile's home to eat or drink from a Gentile's vessel. They wouldn't so much as touch a Gentile's hand. In fact, every morning, most Jewish men would pray this prayer. 
I want you to remember this is what they prayed, not me. They prayed, I thank God I'm not a woman. I thank God that I'm not a slave. And I thank God I'm not a Gentile. They had a disdain for the Gentile people. And therefore, they were reluctant to have any dealings with the Gentiles. They especially didn't wish to share the redemptive truth of salvation to those that they dis- disdained, that they, they didn't want to even be near. Best, best example would be Jonah. You remember Jonah in, in his life? Jonah was asked by God to go into a place that they were despicable people, place of tarnish. He, they, the, the Jews hated the, them. They were, they were the Gentiles. They were just filthy people. And so the Lord God said, Jonah, go into Tarnish and share with the people in Tarnish of my goodness. No, it wasn't Tarnish. It was Nineveh. It was in Nineveh. Nineveh was the people that, that Jonah had a disdain for, the Jews had. But where did Jonah go? He jumped on a boat and went towards Tarnish got away. He went the opposite direction. And what happened? Well, the Lord God caused a problem on the ship. Jonah told the people, I'm the problem. God's mad at me because I'm running away from him. If you want the, the, the sea to calm down, throw me overboard. And they did. And what happened to him? He got swallowed by a great fish, remember? And then this great fish spit him up on dry land. And when he did, God said to him, now go to Nineveh. And Nineveh was a three-hour walk. And he walked into Nineveh. And here's what Jonah said to God after all of Nineveh repented and came to Christ or came to a belief in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jonah was sitting in despair. And he said to God, I knew this was going to happen. I know that you are a gracious and compassionate God. I know that you are a God who is slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness. I know that you would cause even pagans like these to repent and be saved. He was willing to run away from God so as not to go to Nineveh and share the wonderful truth of who God is, the blessings of God upon another people. What about you? Do you know of someone that you think ought not to be saved? They're just despicable. They've hurt you. They've hurt other people. They just don't deserve to come to Christ. They deserve to go to hell. Do you know of a person like that? I want you to know something. God does not know that person. God loves, as this gentleman said a while ago, he loves us. He loves us deeply. He loves all people. Jesus told the disciples, and you and me, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, that we are to go and we are to make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So Paul makes his point loud and clear in verses 12, 13, 14, and 15 here in Romans chapter 10. He says in verse 12, there is no distinction, he says. 
There is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all. He is abounding in riches for all who will call upon Him. And in verse 13, he says, whoever will call upon Him on the name of the Lord, that person will be saved. In verses 12 and 13, not only is Jesus Christ the Savior, of the, the Savior and Lord, but He will come to all and everyone who believes in Him because He abounds in riches for all who will call upon His name. Gentile believers have God's equal blessing and God's equal salvation in all of this. And so in verse 13... Paul quotes another Old Testament prophet to prove this New Testament truth. He quotes out of Joel, chapter 2, verse 32, who centuries earlier, Joel had declared the extent of God's saving grace when he said these words, verse 13, here in Romans chapter 10, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. I'll be saved. For those of us who have already trusted in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and for those of you here who are still investigating, you're still kind of teetering. Some of you are visiting. And you're not sure that you know or, or believe yet in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of your sin and to give you everlasting life in a place that is called heaven. To see if you desire to come to Christ when God tells you that if you trust, if you believe in the name of the Lord, you will be saved. He is telling you beloved and eternal truth from the Old as well as the New Testament. This is established truth of the Word of God. You can rest your soul upon the truth of God's Word. That if you call upon the name of the Lord for the forgiveness of your sin, you will be saved. And note, we call upon the name of the Lord. That does not allow us to look to any other deities, any other ways, any other paths to to God, so to speak. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and nobody, nobody can come to the Father but through me. Jesus Christ. It is only Jesus that gives the blessings. And now I want to close this off by reading to you out of verses 14 and 15. Magnificent truth. Paul takes us to the very simple, progressive logic towards salvation and evangelism by stating in verse 14, How then? How then will they call upon Him in whom they have not believed. And how then will they believe in Him whom they've not even heard? And how then will they hear without a preacher? And how will they preach unless they have been sent? Paul is stating some amazing truth in verses 14 and 15. He places in order all that that all of us can comprehend what he is saying. 
He is saying, first, we must believe. We've got to come to trust in the Lord as our Savior. We must believe in Him. That's what church is about. Church is about the the goodness of God, so that you have been presented with the gospel, so that you understand what the gospel is, and so that you might grow in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The church was built and made for believers. For those of us who know and trust in the Lord, we're to come to church so that we might grow, as it says in, 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 in Ephesians, so as to, to encourage one another, so that we would <clears throat> build up the body of Christ so that we would go out of this building into the the world in which we live and be a blessing to those people who need the blessings of God in their lives so that we could teach them about Christ. We must first believe. Then we must hear the good news to believe. Not some politically correct social message, not some watered-down drivel that is being preached, as I hear. I don't go to a lot of other churches. But I hear there's some churches that ask the people who come to church, don't even bring your Bibles. Don't offend those who are coming. We don't want to hurt their feelings. So just put your Bibles aside and, and we'll preach a social gospel, or something that will be uh, encouraging to everybody. Uh, how to decorate your home so you have... a uh, a feeling of comfort. Are you kidding me? No, no. We, we've been called to do one thing in church, and that is to teach the very Word of God so that you and I would grow in our faith and so that those who are visiting, those who are here seeking and wondering about do they want to give their life to Christ yet so that they would hear that two and two are four, so that they would hear the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ so that they could make a, a decision on whether they want to follow Him or not. Not some drivel that comes out of some, somebody's uh, social gospel. My wife was telling me about a, one of my heroes in the faith is a man named John MacArthur, Dr. John MacArthur, who has a, one of the great churches and one of the great preachers of all time out of, uh, out of the Valley area, Grace Community Church. And he has taken to task one of the major, mega, mega church pastors in our Actually, I won't tell you who it is, but it's, uh, it's in, our, in, in our general community. And, and um, he's taken to task the books that he has written and the things that he has said and the way they conduct church because they don't tell the people the bo- very bottom line truth of the Word of God. You've, you come to church, folks, to hear about Jesus Christ. You come to church so that you might might make a decision whether you want to follow Him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your might. And that you become a follower of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, not some person that wants to come to a, 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 a social club so we can have good times together. Listen, I, I, I think you ought to have fun in church. I'm the first one that thinks that. And I'm, I'm all for us going out after here and having a great breakfast right across the way here. I told some people who were visiting last night, you want to have a a great time. Don't come here Saturday night. Come here Sunday morning and go to our breakfast. Best breakfast in town and it's free. Come and enjoy. They said they're going to come. I believe in that, but I also believe that we have been called to teach the Word of God. How do I know that? By the next one. But Paul says, we must hear from a God-blessed preacher. 
someone who has been called by God. Now this one's a hard one for me because this, is, this, this would make it look like I'm talking about myself. And, and I guess in some ways I am. But by golly, we be, you best be sure, you and I best be sure that the person that's preaching the gospel to us here is someone that has been called by God. Someone that is, is anointed to preach the word of God and will not compromise at, 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 at any cost to teach the word of God. That's why here you, you are a blessing to me and hopefully I am to you because we teach the word of God the way God in, initiated it to be taught. Word upon word, line upon line and not duck and hide from anything that's written in, within these pages because it is in here that you will find eternal life. Not out of my thoughts or ideas. And so we, we stay as close to what Paul has, has taught us in the book of Romans. And when we go to other books, we stay as close to that as we can because we must hear it from a preacher. And the preacher must then be sent to preach. We must, we must find men and women within our congregation that, that grow and have the gift of teaching the Word of God. And we are to send them into the community. We are to teach our, each other here in our building to, so that we might grow in our faith and become all that God has called us to become and that we would take it out into the world. And again, gathering Old Testament support. In verse 15, Paul quotes again out of the Old Testament, this time out of Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 7, saying in verse 15, Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings of good things. And Paul is not saying that the physical feet of God's preachers are beautiful, but he is saying what is beautiful are the feet that bring glad tidings of good things. That's the true message of Jesus Christ. That is what is beautiful. And we are to take that message to the end of the earth. We are to be a blessing upon the people that God allows us to come in contact with. And the quotation right after that, that quotation in Isaiah chapter 52, if you want to have a wonderful time, just a quiet time, and you wonder, where can I read out of the Word of God to have a, just a blessing? I would encourage you to, to go to the next chapter of the book of Isaiah, the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. And you might say, what's so marvelous about Isaiah chapter 53? It is in Isaiah chapter 53 that the prophecy of Jesus Christ's life, death, Burial and blessed resurrection is written about years and years and years before it even took place. You and I have been called to be a blessing. You and I have a purpose in life. Our purpose in life is to be a blessing to the people we come in contact with and to share with the people that we come in contact with the wonderful news of Jesus Christ. The way you'll be able to get to know that is to come and to study and to learn, to make it be a part of you that, that just pours out of you. Not all of us here are going to be like you'll meet a guy in Rome and want to just share your faith with him. Uh, uh, it just is who I am. I, it's not a problem for me for whatever reason. But a good smile. How about some uh, people you come in contact with? How about the, the, 
the grocery store that maybe you go to, or the, whatever, the market, Target, or something. You, you go regularly to a place where you, you see a checkout person. And, 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 and how often have you just slowed down and, and looked at her, wait, wait to give her, look her in the eye and, and say, how are you? I mean, sometimes I'm, I'm shocked that they look at me like, like uh, what do you want to ask me that for? No reason, just how you doing? Got to know some of these people and, 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 and kind of just made a friendship with them and, and got a chance to share my faith with them slowly, going through the, the line and asking them. A question that I like to ask is nothing really intimidating. I just say, do you church anywhere? That's yeah, kind of in non, non-threatening. Do you church anywhere? And encourage them come to know our Savior. That's the purpose in life. If you're wondering why are you born, why are you on this earth, I will tell you clearly from the Word of God, you and I have been given salvation so as to be a blessing to the people we come in contact with. And in so doing, when we share that faith, we become blessed by God. I'd encourage you to consider that. Let's pray. Dear Father, the greatest privilege that you and I have, this, you and I mean us here in this room, that we have been given is the knowledge of who Christ is. We've been asked to grow in that, that wisdom. We've been asked to grow in that knowledge. So as not to keep it to ourselves, but to encourage one another to help build up the body of Christ and to take the knowledge of who you are, Father, into the world in which we live, whether it be our families, our, our neighbors, our loved ones, or those we just randomly come in contact with, that we would go and tell the wonders of the salvation of our Savior so that all people, by the grace of God, might come to know and walk with you. Father, let's be in the habit of depopulating hell and populating heaven itself with genuine, true believers of Jesus Christ. I pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior. Amen. By the way, all, I love you so much, and thank you for being here today, and I'll see you next week. God bless you. Thanks for being here.